The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... A look at the financial side of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to ACB Reports for February 2022. On January 21, 2022, ACB President Dan Spoon sent a letter to the Biden-Harris administration to request that immediate action be taken to provide accessible, rapid COVID testing options for our community. To read this letter and for current COVID test options, visit acb.org slash acb request accessible COVID tests. T-E-S-T-S, acb.org slash acb dash request dash accessible dash COVID dash tests, T-E-S-T-S. On January 31st, President Spoon sent a similar letter to the National Institutes of Health seeking an update on accessible at-home COVID testing. You can read this letter at acb.org slash accessible dash test test dash letter dash one dash three one dash two two if you would like to share your experience with accessible health care issues throughout the pandemic please send an email to advocacy at acb.org that's advocacy a d v o c a c y at acb.org The Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired has announced that applications for the annual Holman Prize for Blind Ambition are now being accepted for 2022. The Holman Prize for Blind Ambition annually awards three blind people from anywhere in the world up to $25,000 each to carry out an idea that will involve personal growth and shatter misconceptions about blindness. Applicants for the Holman Prize for Blind Ambition must be blind or legally blind, be 18 years old by October 1st of this year, and speak English. To apply, first create a 90-second video pitching your idea and upload it to YouTube. Then complete the application form on the Holman Prize website. The application window closes at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time on March 20th. The Holman Prize for Blind Ambition is named for James Holman, a 19th century blind explorer who is the most prolific private traveler, blind or sighted, before the era of modern transportation. Additional information is available on the World Blind Union website, www.worldblindunion.org. 
California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Keeping an organization like the American Council of the Blind operating requires good, responsible financial management. ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges and Chief Financial Officer Nancy Becker discussed this financial management during the 2021 Conference of the American Council of the Blind. Pleasure to be back with you guys. I'm Eric Bridges, Executive Director of ACB, and I'm pleased to be joined today by our Chief Financial Officer, Nancy Becker. These are really, really busy times, but I I think uh, things are going really well. And we're really happy to be here today to talk with you about the last several years within this organization from a financial perspective and what that has really sort of enabled us to do for our membership in the broader community. So much of the work that is done that's external, you see every day with regard to the advocacy initiatives, our communications, all of that. But what isn't always seen is the work that's going on behind the scenes with Nancy and her crew, both in in the Minneapolis office, but also within our thrift stores. And uh, Nancy and I work very closely. A tremendous amount of really good stuff has occurred over the last several years. And it's initiatives that the board, the leadership of this organization has helped to lead. And what I thought we would do this morning is, Nancy, have you kind of talk a little bit about the three accounts that we have as the American Council of the Blind, what they are, why they matter, and what has taken place in particular with these three investment accounts over the last, let's say, five years or so. We can't do what we do without funding, without a stable stream of money. And these three accounts enable us to do the work of the organization, to keep the lights on, to employ folks, so that we can provide services for the membership as well as at times for folks outside our own community that call in and may be in crisis. So this stuff, uh, from my perspective, from an operational perspective, is critically important. And so, Nancy, why don't you kind of talk us through this? So first of all, I would like to let everybody know that ACB does have an investment committee that meets periodically to review our investments and how they are performing. And we also asked our investment advisor to provide insight on how, what the market trends are. That's right. And and Nancy, our investment committee is composed of members of our board of directors. Uh, You help to staff it. I uh, attend as well as Tony Stevens, correct? Correct. So we have a group of, I think, I think there's five people on that committee. The investment committee has an investment policy 
which are an our investment advisor utilizes when making investment decisions with our investments. So our investment advisor doesn't randomly just choose what to do. He has to follow our policy that we have set up with our three investment accounts. So ACB has three separate investment accounts, which are the restricted and endowed fund account, the legacy account, and the board designated reserve account. So the first one is the restricted and endowed funds account. And this one is restricted primarily for the student scholarships. And within this account, this is further restricted for specific scholarships. So there has been some donors that have given money for a scholarship. And so we keep that separate from the other scholarship awards. The second one we have is the legacy account funds, and this is where the legacies and bequests go, and it helps to meet our operating expenses. The third account is the board designated reserves, and this consists of unrestricted and reserves designated by the board. And it more or less functions as a rainy day fund, right? When we Correct. have issues like last year. So if we need to take funds out for operating expenses, we need to request the money be removed and the board needs to approve any money that's withdrawn from this account. So there's a plan in place for having to remove money from these accounts. So then the next thing is the allocation of ACB's investments are based on a balanced portfolio which means the risk level we are taking with our investments is in the middle. So ACB's rate of return when the stock market is having an outstanding year will be less than the market. But as you saw last year, when the stock market plunged, the value of the investments declined, but not nearly as much as the market did. The next thing is within these balanced portfolio, our assets are allocated further between equities, fixed income, and cash and equivalents. So you're asking where we come from. At the end of 2016, there were two investment accounts, which were the endowed and reserve accounts, and they were valued at $2.1 million. So at this time, ACB did not have a policy in place on how to allocate any bequests that we had received. So this led to an establishment of the legacy fund account in October of 2017 and a legacy endowment policy in 2018. The endowed policy defined how undesignated bequests would be allocated between the investment accounts and to ensure there would be sufficient funds in the board designated reserve account to meet operating expenses if needed. And as we saw in 2020, we did have enough money in our reserve account so that we were able to help meet operating expenses last year. Then in 2019, a legacy spending policy was established where the board would approve the use of a portion of the funds in the legacy account each year to help meet cash flow for the following year. And in, in 21, we did take some money out of the legacy account to help meet cash flow. And now you ask, how much is in our investment accounts? So between the three investment accounts that we have, at the end of June 2021, the value of our investments is 
$2 million. It is a big change from what we were in 2016. Wow, what a story. So obviously, uh, some of this is market-driven with you know, the market continuing to charge forward and us having exposure to the market. But then in addition to that, folks have included us in their estate planning. And that has helped us immensely and helped us not just establish the legacy fund, but to actually have meaningful monies in there that, as Nancy said, we can, per the, the policy, uh, take out a certain percentage every year to help support the work of the organization. Isn't that right, Nancy? That is correct. I would say that we have been very fortunate in the last couple of years that we have had several large bequests coming in to our organization, and we are very, very thankful for that. Absolutely. So there is another component that is very visible during this time of year that all of us see during the convention, and and that is ACB's relationships with corporate America. And while we have had relationships with companies for well over two decades, it's safe to say that over the last decade in particular, as we have needed to advocate around the broad area of technology and digital accessibility, we have been able to forge really meaningful relationships with a lot of very large and influential companies that happen to be based here in the U.S. Some of this has to do with the implementation of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, but also just a lot of advocacy has gone on with these individual companies. And so it's been a different way of coming at revenue, but, you know, a couple of our core values are collaboration and initiative and extending a a hand or outreach with companies that may have had a product or a service that was accessible, but through a recent update or a new product being launched, something is no longer accessible to our community or through companies just really truthfully not knowing that their products aren't accessible and us reaching out, we've been able to forge some really dynamic relationships, which have been highlighted this week. To go along with that, as we have developed these relationships, one of the really unique aspects of what I believe is a strength area for for us as an organization is because of how we've come at trying to solve these problems in a collaborative fashion, and oftentimes succeeding, these companies are seeing the value in working with us and that it isn't just merely a transactional sort of thing. The companies that you see sponsoring ACB's convention this week, many of which we've been working with for five or more years, some are newer and that's fantastic. But my point in saying this is that They understand the value. They view us as a partner and they want to give back to help support our mission. The accessibility journey is never going to end with these companies. It's it's always going to continue on. And when you look back 
at our 2012 convention, we raised about $82,000 in corporate sponsorships. But if you fast forward to 2019, it exceeds $330,000. So a lot has happened. A lot of this is that we have developed a reputation as a leader and an influencer in this area. Much of it has to do with our own members and their interest and desires for the organization to engage with companies. Also, our committees, the Information Access Committee, as well as leaders from our board have done tremendous amounts of work to help educate and make these companies aware of our needs and that ultimately our desire is not to have something that's accessible, but something that is truly usable to our, our community. And in many instances, we've succeeded. And you've heard about some of these specific examples over the course of this week. So it's something that organizationally we should be very proud of. But it's also gone a long way over the last decade to helping our, our own bottom line so that we can continue to do more on behalf of, of ACB for our members mm. and the broader community. So that's a really important area. And then really the final area, Nancy, I'll hand it back to you. It's an area that folks, I don't believe, have a lot of exposure to. Many of you may know that we manage two thrift stores in the state of Texas. And we've been in the thrift store business, gosh, for likely over three decades. But Nancy, why don't you talk a little bit about the thrift store business and what it has meant over the last few years to ACB? So first you may ask, why is ACB in the thrift store business? That's a so, legitimate question. <laughs> it is. Why, why is an organization that's supposed to advocate for the blind, why are they in the thrift store business? But the intent of ACBES is that the net profit from the thrift stores would help contribute money to ACB. Um, over the years, we have had a lot more thrift stores than we do right now, but we have found that the two thrift stores that are closest together have benefited us the most. So we are, we, right now we have our Amarillo and Lubbock, Texas thrift stores. So when, you, when we look at how much money the thrift stores have contributed to us each year, it started out to be around $23,000 a year in 2015. And we did have, I think, about five thrift stores at that time to $336,000 in 2019. And when you guys say $336,000, that's about 15% of ACB's revenue. So that's that is quite a bit of money that the thrift stores do donate to ACB. And when you add that in with the convention funds, uh, that's nearly 30%. It's a significant amount of money. It also is a significant amount of time. Nancy is responsible for managing those stores. Her colleague, Erica Keller, also assists in that. It's been challenging last year. The, the stores were closed for a while as part yeah. of the pandemic. They were closed for, I think it was the month of April. And then when the stores opened up, the retail was a little bit slower than it was before. But we take care of everything from talking to the manager, looking at what the store needs. We're looking at marketing. So anything that has to do with the thrift store business, Erica and myself manage. 
And at times it can be a little bit challenging, but overall I do think that, you know, the benefit that we have is we are able to contribute to ACB. Again, it's another really excellent story to share that not a lot of people really fully understand. And, you know, that's okay. But I, I do think that these are areas of the business of ACB that are important for folks to better understand. I know that every year, Michael Garrett, as he does as the chair of the ACBES board, provides a report. And obviously, the last few have been really very positive, but wanted to kind of take you in a little bit to Nancy's world and just talk a little bit about it. So Nancy, thank you for that. Any other thoughts before we depart? I'll tell you something. I am so looking forward to getting together in Omaha in 2022. I miss not seeing members and attendees at the convention and throughout the year. I totally agree. It's just so nice to be together. And I think at times we might have taken a little bit of that for granted. And the last year has really shown us that we can do this. Uh, We can conduct a really successful virtual convention. But having people together, uh, being able to share in fellowship and and just hang out, it's hard to replace uh, 100%. So looking forward to seeing you all next year in Omaha. And uh, please have a great rest of your convention. That was ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges and Chief Financial Officer Nancy Becker. The American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Project announces its 19th Audio Description Institute. This virtual event will be conducted from 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. Eastern Time on March 21st through 25th. Audio Description makes visual images accessible for people who are blind or have low vision. The implementation of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act has spawned a virtual cottage industry for the development of description for broadcast television. Registration for this professional description training program is $450. Registration will close on March 11th and the invitations to attend the Institute will be emailed on March 16th. Two full scholarships are available, and priority will be given to people with disabilities. To be considered for a scholarship, send an email outlining how and why you are a strong candidate and include your reasons for needing financial assistance. Send this email to Kim Charlson, kim.charlson, C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N, at perkins.org by February 25th. For more information about audio description, visit adp.acb.org. That's adp.acb.org. The American Council of the Blind's 2022 D.C. Leadership Meeting will occur virtually on March 12th through March 15th. Visit acb.org for registration details and other information. The 61st Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind will be held in Omaha, Nebraska, Conference and convention dates are July 1st through July 8th, 2022. The 2022 conference theme is ACB, here, there, and everywhere. 
This theme epitomizes our 2022 first-ever hybrid convention. Our convention home in Omaha will be the Omaha Hilton, located at 1001 Cass Street. The nightly room rate at the Hilton is $96 for single or double occupancy, with an additional charge of $10 per person for up to four persons per room. Room tax is currently 18.16%. One night's stay will be charged to your credit card when you book your reservation. To make reservations online, go to https colon slash slash book dot passkey dot com slash event slash five zero two two one one six zero slash owner slash two two five one eight slash home. That's https colon slash slash book dot passkey dot com slash event slash five zero two two one one six zero slash owner slash two two five one eight slash home. When asked to specify guest type on the main screen, select attendee. To make reservations by phone, call one eight hundred Hiltons. That's one eight hundred four four five eight six six seven. Refer to the name of the group block, American Council of the Blind. The group code is ACB. You've been listening to ACB Reports from the American Council of the Blind. ACB Reports is heard each month on audio information services across the United States and worldwide on the ACB Media Network, acbmedia.org. The show is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another edition of ACB Reports.